0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking about a live 2022 rookie dynasty draft on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Kamen alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners at RotoViz. Earlier in the week, we talked Dynasty Orphans. Today, we have an equally exciting, if not more exciting topic, which is a live, ongoing rookie draft right now, pre NFL draft in a league. With a ton of big names from the fantasy football industry, we're going to get a sense of where these players are going in a league in which these picks matter with people who know what they're doing. There's actually been some moves that have occurred in this league, some trades Curtis you're going to walk us through what's going on. I'm curious to hear how you've maneuvered in this draft, what picks you've made and just to get some more intel on how things are going to shake out in rookie drafts this year. What's going on, man?
2: Oh yeah, I'm pumped and like you said, this one's in this one's in process actually. I uh, just saw the 211 selection made uh by one of my league mates which means I'm going to be on the clock as soon as we're done recording the episode uh at the 212 which is is really cool. We do this slow, uh, slow style. It's a, it's a a dynasty league actually entering its seventh season. Wow. Um, which is, which is really fun. That's the whole point of playing dynasty is to, you know, find a league hunker down and, you know, manage it like it's, you know, your own franchise. Unfortunately, we see a lot of leagues outside of the FFPC, uh, where we've designed our format fold, but because we have an excellent commissioner and TJ Calkins and uh, a great group of friends, that has formed Um, this league is as tight as ever. We've actually only turned over one owner in seven years, which is really cool. Um, To give the listeners an idea of who else is in here um, with me. And and this is a group, all of us kind of coming up into the fantasy industry uh, and diapers together. When (laughs) this league formed, which is really cool. Like just really, really fun. Um, Lots of love, mutual love in in this league. So it's, uh, it's myself and TJ, which I already mentioned. Mike beers, you know, obviously wrote of his legend, um, Scott Barrett, uh, a fancy points, a big time friend of the pod. And one of my closest friends in the, in the industry, John Proctor, DFS, uh, <laughs> one of the, the funniest, um, just most direct just most DGAF, uh, personalities in the industry. Really love Johnny Ben Gretsch, um, uh, Sean's partner, you know, obviously on the stealing bananas, uh, podcasts on our, on our network. Um, uh, we've got, uh, Oh, Matt, Th- one of the highest volume best ball players in the world. Matt Thompson, um, is in this league as well. Uh, former Rotovisian and uh, player profiler analyst, Aaron Butler is in this league. Um, and, and several others who are not content creators, but you know, big time consumers, um, of fantasy content. So this is a sharp league since the the league started. Um, it was actually uh, created on one of the kind of the founding principles was that we would draft the rookies before the NFL draft every season. So it's kind of like it was it was created at a time when Debbie was less popular than it is now. Uh, hadn't quite grown. None of us really wanted to actually select college players but we wanted our own scouting to matter in some way. Yep. And so this was a cool compromise that, that TJ and Scott came up with. And actually some of the other leagues I'm in with these guys are formatted this way too. So uh, every year, about a month or so before the NFL draft, our rookie draft commences. And uh, in this episode, we're going to run down the first 12 picks. So I'm going to announce what I did to make a splash. I, I make a splash in this draft every single year. I've won it three out of the six years, including the last two years. So I'm I'm defending, uh, I'm I'm going for the the threepeat this season, and I just feel really compelled, Dave, and uh, a lot of personal pressure, uh, to deliver here. And so I, you know, I, I only had the 112 being the champion of the league, uh, that wasn't good enough. I had to figure out how to get to the 101. I had to get Brees Hall. This is a one quarterback league. With tight end premium, very similar to the old school FFPC format. Brees is not a consensus 101 uh, for the team, but very close to a consensus 101 with just Dave ranking a player other than Hall at the 101 in version uh, in volume two of our rookie guide. I feel very compelled to add Brees Hall in this league. So I sent Terry McLaurin and Justin Fields uh, for the 101 um, when it went on the clock. Now, people are asking, like, Justin Fields, like what, what's going on? What's going on here? Like it's you know, a lot of people might view that just as Terry McLaurin for the 101. And and you wouldn't necessarily be wrong. Um, I offered a, a series of about six trades um to the manager who had the 101. And this actually wasn't the best offer that I made. I made an, an offer that would have allowed him to have Kyler Murray. Mm. And uh, Terry McLaurin and I was just asking for his his third in this year's draft back, um, and I think the the other manager had a lot of other rookie picks, wanted to still continue to make those, and maybe thought he's playing down this just down the middle, maybe just didn't like this rookie class as much as some others, and disagrees with my assessment of Brees Hall being worth you know giving up a a bona fide you know potential high end fantasy wide receiver too. That's the thing before the NFL draft, before we know the landing spots, you know, one thing that happens in these leagues is, is people don't like all the variables they can't solve for yet. So I tend to try to take advantage of that being very strongly convicted on what I think about these players. So I made the, made the deal, added Brees Hall to Christian McCaffrey and Najee Harris uh, on this team. <laughs> oh my god and uh so uh, immediately I think sad trombone uh sound bites just going off you know across uh the other playoff competitors in this league and that brings us actually to our FFPC sad attack for today's episode and this one comes to you courtesy of Dave uh Dave publishing his uh follow up to his rookie guide work, his excellent rookie guide work on breakaway rush scores, uh, expanding on that analysis with a, a great follow-up article on the site. And in that, uh, Dave noted that uh, while this is not, certainly not a generational rookie class at the running back position for the the big time uh, playmakers, home run hitters, Brees Hall still certainly more than passes the smell test with the top quartile store, uh, score. Historically, a uh, one, uh, 100 plus score and breakaway rush, maybe just take, you know, 15 seconds to remind our our listeners what breakaway rush score is. And then I've actually got a bonus second stat attack on Reese Hall from Blair Andrews.
1: Yeah. So breakaway rush score is basically, I went back, determined that there is a relationship between being able to break big runs in college and then finding success as a rusher at the next level, went through, found different ways that you could blend it, found the way of blending Runs of certain thresholds, like 15, runs of 15, runs of more than 20, runs of more than 40, blending them together um, with some math behind that in a way that is most predictive of success or in terms of fantasy points scored in years one through three at the NFL level seems to be somewhat of a relationship there. Brees Hall, strong enough scoring it to feel nice about him when you consider how well he has done in everything else, including backfield dominator rating.
2: Okay, so that's a nice segue, but I like the I like the breakaway rush score because it's basically a metric that says if you can, you know, if you're good in college, you can be good in the pros. <laughs> um, so, yes. and and sometimes the simple the simple metrics like that are are easier, um, you know, maybe to grasp for people. So the second the follow up set attack here is Brees Hall also scored uh, number one in the class in backfield dominated rating, which is. Um, our site's way of talking about the share of backfield uh, production assigned to uh, a running back. Uh, Brees Hall coming in with a very healthy uh, 83% backfield dominator rating. That's right in, on, in uh, lockstep with Najee Harris in 2021, except Brees Hall obviously is, is much younger than Harris as a prospect. Blair notes that if Brees Hall is drafted in the second round uh, his closest Sims, uh, all, you know, many of them look like uh, former uh, first round fantasy redraft picks. We're talking Dalvin Cook, uh, multiple time um, superstar Cam Akers, LaShawn McCoy, J.K. Dobbins. It's a nice list of, of potential Sims there again. So that's today's FFPC stat attack and your reminder uh, to join your next dynasty league at myffpc.com, the home of the Rodoviz Triflex Dynasty format.
1: All right, Curtis, let's take uh, a look at what happens in this draft from there. You make the big splash, you go ahead, you get Brees Hall. Where do things go after
2: that? It's pretty chalky. Uh, again, this is a, a very, it's pretty chalky through the first half of the first round. Um, and it should be no surprise again, because we ran down who the other, you know, my competitors are, you know, in this league, it's a tough league. Nothing comes easy. Um, and, you know, the, the, those owners that had the picks right after me, you know, very respected competitors. So Ben Gretsch owned the one Oh two here. He's in a bit of a, a rebuild and tanked last season. Uh, and he very smartly selected, in my opinion, and Dave, maybe you'll argue that he should have gone a different direction here, uh, but Ben took Traylon Burks at the 102. And then immediately after that, you know, we talked about Matt Thompson, uh, super high volume ball player, very profitable player. He takes Garrett Wilson at the 103. Uh, so we have uh Roto-Viz's, uh top two wide receivers going there. Any comments on, on Burks versus Wilson have any gripe there?
1: No, I mean, I don't have any gripe. I personally um, prefer Wilson, but I can definitely understand. I'm not surprised at all that. A lot of people would take Burks over uh, Wilson, um, you know, the, the one note that I have here that's super interesting that might change things post draft is I am hearing a lot of buzz about Jamison Williams, Jamison Williamson actually creeping up and potentially being the number one wide receiver going um, in the draft. That seems to be some of the scoop here. Uh, we will have to see how things bear up. But as things are constituted now, I, I don't see any problem. You know, if somebody wants to go with Burks or uh, or Wilson
2: okay so that gets us through the two and the three um I was ta- actually I just, I just get greedy man I, I did talk briefly with Ben about trying to make a move for that 102 um you know i was gonna i was gonna potentially send that 112 and and some uh draft capital in 2023 uh also offered him Elijah Moore uh plus the 112 for the 102. Um which i thought was a more than generous offer and and probably got a little bit of consideration from ben uh he he opts to stay put there um at the one o four john proctor uh <laughs> and i i put this on the um uh, on the league's official twitter account if you actually want to look at all of the picks that are made in this in this uh in this draft, as well as some snarky comments. (laughs) Um, You can, I got to get the handle here because I don't hop onto the the handle often. It is just at Elite Lemonade, at Elite Lemonade on Twitter. And you will see a picture of Johnny uh, writing down heads, Drake London, tails, Kenneth Walker. (laughs) And he flipped the coin and it came up tails. So we took Kenneth Walker at the 104. Uh, I think based off of where uh, from a positional scarcity perspective, um, and also from you know all the momentum actually being uh, Kenneth Walker probably being the first running back drafted in the NFL draft, um, certainly a defensible pick here. And as much as we like some things in Drake London's profile, there are, are also still some warts potential warts there. And so um, Johnny takes Kenneth Walker, He's also in a rebuild phase here and will likely end up trying to move him. Matt Thompson back up on the clock at 105. He is an avid rotoviz reader. Uh, He is the first person in my ear asking when each volume of the guide is going to be coming out. He takes Drake London. So he starts with two top five picks adding Garrett Wilson and Drake London. We're pretty chalky here through five. And uh, Thompson has really... uh, you know, overhauled his wide receiver core, uh, in in a big way, Dave.
1: Wow. Yeah. So like we've talked about London is going to be one of those players that you are kind of getting some upside in. A lot of people think that if he hits, he's going to hit in a big way, perhaps has more, has more downside than other wide receivers in that similar territory. Um, let me ask you a question here though, if we pause, uh, just for a second, Curtis, Um, and this might permeate into other leagues, but when you're playing in a league like this, where the other managers are very tuned in, very plugged in, does that a change in any way, how you might approach managing this team? I mean, clearly you've had some success in this league. Are you doing anything different in a league like this than you would in, you know, just a, a league with a group of players that you have not uh, had any relationship with in the past?
2: Yeah. Well, I would say that I have, I've, I've made myself very comfortable with trading players away uh, during their prime um, because it's the only way to kind of keep that next layer, you know, coming up. And, and I just, I think in a league like this, you just have to be making rookie picks every season. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, there's always five or six teams that legitimately could win the title in any given year. And we've had some major upsets. We've had um, our six seed win the, the championship um, in one of the, these seasons. And so that is that reminder that there are, there's no such thing as a paper champion. Um, there, there just isn't. And TJ found that out the hard way last year. Uh, his team <laughs> was nuts. And um, while my team was, was extremely solid, I, I still somehow managed to win the title without Christian McCaffrey or Michael Thomas. And uh, things like that happen. You know, just things like that happen. And so I just always want to be making picks. I'm trading Terry McLaurin away, thinking that he'll never take a step forward. You know, perhaps um, that will come to bite me. Brees Hall will be a a bust. And, um, you know, I I just had a big loss there. Um, You don't know. You just have to be comfortable doing that stuff. I traded away Mike Evans. Then I ended up getting him back uh, two years later um, once we knew Brady was going to come to town. I traded away Keenan Allen. I traded away Adam Thielen. You're trading away all these players, you know, the year after they pop just to make sure that I can continue to make those, those first round picks and have players on the come. Because um, those are the assets that experienced dynasty managers are going to want. Mm-hmm. And so I, I want my team to be stocked with names that other managers want because that's what's going to give me the flexibility to make deals at any time of the calendar year.
1: Got it. And that makes a ton of sense. Um, So I, I like how you framed
0: that up for us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: Uh, going through the rest of the picks in this draft, wanted to take a quick pause here and talk about some of the recent picks that we have made in uh our Rotoviz staff draft that we're doing here for best ball teams on underdog. So my picks from round 13 on went Melvin Gordon, Mac Jones, Brian Robinson Jr., Sterling <clears throat> Shepard. Uh, this is throwing in with the team that already had Najee Harris, Mark Andrews, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Joe Burrow, Hunter Renfro, Robert Woods, Devin Singletary, Michael Gallup, your boy, Rashad Penny, Zach Ertz and Odell Beckham. I'm feeling pretty solid about this team as things have been moving along. Curtis, how have you been feeling?
2: uh since we last checked in on my squad i've selected van jefferson he's actually one of my highest uh exposures in uh underdog this season this i, I think i'm 85 drafts or so deep at this point and jefferson's like a 35 exposure um and so I, I i added him as my wide receiver six uh added braxton Berrios, um who should be feeling pretty good uh about his ability to win the slot targets with Jameson Crowder uh, leaving New York. Adam Troutman um, looked like he was poised for some pretty exciting things with Jamison with James Winston uh, before the, the team turned that over uh, last year. And so I'm banking on him as my tight end three joining Cole Komet and Dalton Schultz. That's a kind of a, a fun group there. Death by a thousand paper cuts uh, to the rest of the league. And then I, I also added uh, Chris Carson um, in the 14th round, I think as my RB four, so I kind of ignored that position after starting Eckler, Dobbins, and Fournette. And uh, this was a pick, basically uh, a, a leverage pick against all of my penny exposure. I figured, hey, maybe in, in the Rodoviz draft is a place where I'll have a little uh, skin in the game with Carson. So, um, you can actually create uh, your own uh, custom. Best ball competitions for you and your friends to participate in at Underdog Fantasy. You can also join any number of tournaments that they have on there. You can play other sports as well, as Dave noted earlier in this week when we checked in. Most importantly, whatever you're going to play, make sure you sign up and use promo code RotoViz. When you use promo code RotoViz, R O T O V I Z, RotoViz, you're going to get a hundred bucks, up to a hundred bucks on your up to $100 first deposit. It's a no brainer get in there and play super great app, super fun format. Uh, we're obviously playing over there and you should too. Okay. So getting,
1: I just wanted uh, to hit a sound effect. I felt like doing it to transition okay, well, us.
2: I'll, I'll hit one too, man. I hit one too. What do we got here? I mean, this, We're just going to go through the list here. What else have we got? All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, the one Oh six man. So TJ, TJ traded up uh, to the one Oh six. I think he saw me trade to the 101. He was frantically also trying to get the 101. He, you know, we're we're just bitter rivals in this. We've been pitted against each other in a major way ever since I got Tyreek Hill his rookie season as a throw in. Um to I traded I traded Brandon Marshall to to TJ that year and got got him to add Tyreek Hill as the the icing and it was like, I think he had like a punt return for a touchdown or something in, in week two. I'm yep. like, hey, this guy's kind of popping. Like, I'm seeing let's just get him added to the deal. And since then oh, boy. TJ and I have just been at each other's throats in this league. So TJ trades up to the 106 and he takes uh you were talking about Jamison Williams. Uh that's who he takes there. And then um that's followed by Chris Olave at the 107. So kind of the the deep speedsters more slight of frame uh, wide receivers going back to back there. I don't think that's any surprise. And and Dave, like I said, very chalky feel uh, through the one Oh seven in this one QB format.
1: Yeah. There really haven't been many surprises at all. Um, The thing that I'm starting to wonder about here, as I look at it is when are we actually going to see the next running back go off the board um, and it turns out that the next running back goes off the board to none other than you. But before we get there, we actually see the first quarterback going. That's Malik Willis at this point, the quarterback that I would expect to see, a player that a lot of people are getting excited about, given that rushing upside potential, potential mm-hmm. as a passer. Um, were you surprised that it took this long to get to the quarterback, or is this kind of chalky for this league as well?
2: Um, I think. I think this is the first spot in the draft where it made sense to consider Malik Willis. Um, I think he'll fall to the second in plenty of one QB rookie drafts as well. You know, how probably a pretty, uh, it'll be a pretty nice scatter of where he goes. But, you know, Aaron Butler is a sharp manager. He's seeing that, you know, the teams that are winning this league, you know, I've got Josh Allen and Kyler Murray that I'm rotating through. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson on Scott Barrett's squad led him to a title in his really big season. Um, you know, I, I think he's seeing like, listen, I, I've got to have some upside at that quarterback position in even a one QB league if I'm gonna keep up, you know, with these guys, because unfortunately the players we're talking about just aren't gonna go anywhere. And I've got a if I've got a five point head start, even in a one QB format on my competition most weeks that's hard to make up, man. It's hard to make up when there aren't a lot of weak teams. And so I think it's a savvy pick by Aaron if he didn't feel conviction on the other players. And you start to actually feel like, I mean, you know, it's actually a really interesting spot to take Malik Willis. And I, I probably am not concerning him there. But now after seeing how the rest of the draft shapes up, I think it's a pretty cool pick by Aaron. Now, um, I I selected again here at the 109, this came by way of multiple trades uh, that occurred before the draft. This was not like an on the clock trade, Um, but I took Isaiah Spiller. And so this is one where I didn't feel a lot of conviction, but I'm kind of just sticking to our rookie guide rankings here, um, wisdom of crowds. So uh, Spiller was number eight player in volume two for us. So I felt like I got a little bit of value there. I knew that I already had the 112 in hand and there were two receivers that I liked to to get to that spot. And I just needed them to not go back to back at the 10 and 11. So I was hoping to get either David Bell, uh, who would be my preferred selection or George Pickens, uh, who would be the preferred selection of the rest of team Rotoviz according to our, our rookie mocks. And so we see Megatron FF uh, Mark Hava take George Pickens at the 110 so now I'm sweating a little bit knowing that TJ's got the 111 there and is he going to take my guy he actually very smartly in the tight end premium format um, knows that these players tend to get pushed up the board a little bit. This is a spot where Scott Barrett always ends up you know, kind of trading up to steal all the tight end prospects in this league. and so TJ takes Trey McBride at the 111 and I get my guy uh, I get my guy my value there at the 112 with David Bell. Um, So I, I did make the most picks in this draft. I won the league the last two years. I, I made the most first round picks this season um, and, and walk away here with Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller and David Bell did not get the big name wide receiver, but that's okay. Uh, on a roster Dave where you don't know, have to forgive me. I should have had this pulled up, but you'll see, you know, you'll see why I did it this way. But what, what's your reaction to the way the end of the first round went there while I'm pulling this up? <laughs>
1: My reaction is I would love to be able to pull that group of players that you, yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. you have onto yeah. any roster that yeah. I have. Um it, which it, it does give I think a question that we should probably talk about that I think a lot of people would have which might be a more involved question for you to answer. So I don't know if you want me to wait till you till you've talked about the, you know, till you've basically just gloated about the roster that you have.
2: No, I'm not going to roster bait on the air here, but I am going to at least point to maybe why I focused on the, the running back values here Um, maybe more strategically uh, and directionally. So we know the strength of the class is the wide receiver position. Um, I'm holding, uh, which I have not told you yet. I'm also holding two round two picks. Um, So I, you know, feeling good about adding, you know, at least one more receiver in the second round to David Bell, but this team was already featuring Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas, and Jalen Waddell. So, not feeling a lot of pressure, especially with Michael Thomas coming back to add to that position. Didn't really need the running backs either, but a lot of other squads in my league do need the running backs. And, you know, if Brees or Spiller or both end up hitting, it might provide a good opportunity for me to move Christian McCaffrey in what could be his final peak season for maximum value, set me up there. I could move if, if Najee Harris, you know, let's say that Pittsburgh drafts Malik Willis and I don't feel good about Najee getting all that receiving work anymore. You know, I could move off of Najee before his box score production really changes. So gave myself some potential outs there. Um, but yeah, this, this draft, you know, getting into the second round, I was, I was pretty pumped uh, to have two more picks coming and, uh, I've made one of those picks uh, so far, actually, at the, the 209. So I took Alec Pierce, um, who is a, a fast riser in my own rankings uh, throughout the process, also a fast riser in the NFL uh, mock draft uh, from you know, all around the industry, and, and scouts seem to be pushing him up. I mean, his incredible 40 time, you know, his uh, weight-adjusted speed, and, you know, those long arms, you know, I, th- I think he's a really interesting player and should, I mean, he should be a day two selection now. So uh, he doesn't check all the boxes, um, but he does check a couple, as Sean notes in the rookie guide. And it's an exciting, you know, high upside type of player uh, to select at the end of round two. So now I can feel pretty good about adding two backs, two receivers, and then I'm on the clock at 212. Dave, maybe we'll make that pick by the end of the episode. But um, who sticks out to you? Let me toss this your way. Is there anyone you're surprised that made it through the first round without being selected, looking at that list of players? The two players that probably were, you know, maybe would not go in the first round in every draft here would be Malik Willis and Trey McBride, um, and then potentially David Bell. So you kind of get, I don't know, you have Rashad White that didn't go in the first round. Um, you have Jahan Dotson, who didn't go in the first round. One of those two guys or maybe another name that surprised you.
1: I think the only one that I was gonna say would have been Dotson, um, largely related to it looking like he could get pretty decent draft capital, uh, especially with the talk about how this wide receiver class is so strong and it's looking like there's so many teams that are going to be targeting the position. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. uh, the type of situation when I looked at that where I was like, oh my God, like why aren't White or Dotson or, you know, any other player there? So I actually wasn't that surprised.
2: Okay, I'm going to quickly, you don't even have this information. So I'll just get a a rapid reaction from you quickly running down uh, the second round. Because uh, I know that's a curiosity, probably for the listeners at this point. The two hundred one is Rashad White. Rashad White. Uh, Travis May was on him very early. Blair kind of falling in love and gushing about him uh, in his backfield dominator piece. You know, definitely one of the the more impressive receiving profiles in the class. Two hundred two, our guy Ben Gretsch, feeling like he's my big rival in this year's rookie draft with this savvy selection. I, again. Trying to trade into this spot, trying to see if I could pry it out of Ben's hands. He takes Sky Moore, Dave. Oh, I thought, I thought Ooh, maybe it's personal Skymore there, would, man. It, it is personal, man. I thought I could get him. I actually positioned myself in the mid to late second a month before this draft, thinking that I could get Sky Moore in that spot. But yeah, Ben's smart guy. He's never gonna let him fall there to me. Um, so Jehan Dotson falls all the way to the 203. Again, selected by Matt Thompson. Thompson has taken Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Jay Thompson in this draft. And just absolutely slaying it. Uh, That's pretty cool. Then we get to the 204. John Proctor's back on the clock. uh, Basically saying, which crappy rookie am I going to take at this point? (laughs) uh, (laughs) If nobody wants this pick, I guess I'll take Christian Watson. So he takes Christian Watson. Uh at 205, Mike Beers takes Justin Ross. Uh, I think that's a very yes. high upside, savvy pick by Beerzy there. Um, 206, John Mechie again to Matt Thompson, trying to rebuild that team, adding four receivers to this point. Um, oh, then we see Greg Dulcich at 207. Oh,
1: wow. A tight end. Actually signing. going
2: tight end two. Yeah, flying up the boards uh in real NFL mocks and in rookie mocks. Um, Probably, I mean, feels maybe like a little bit of a reach right now. I don't know that it will feel like a reach after the NFL draft, though. I mean, if Dulcet goes in the second round or something like that as the the tight end two, this is going to feel very fair. 208, Aaron Butler takes Zemir White. We haven't talked a lot about Zemir White. I mean, he was a super highly regarded prospect. You know, injuries kind of derailed, and Georgia always gets those younger backs involved in the rotation as well. So we don't see the big smash seasons that you yep. see from someone like the Alabama or LSU backs in the sec. Um, so we have to remain open to the idea that Zamir could be better in the NFL than, than he was in college at two and nine. I took Alec Pierce. Uh, I believe I'd already mentioned that. And then let's see the two ten. I'm going to scroll through my emails. This is super great. Uh, Brian Robinson. <laughs> Um, Brian Robinson goes uh 210, and then at the 211, Jalen Tolbert, big play artist out of South Alabama, goes and then I am on the clock at 212. Is there a name that hasn't been called of a player that you know that I'm very on in the second round? Would you care to guess who I've got queued up to select here, Dave?
1: Oh my gosh, I know who it is, but I'm having a cramp right here. Um Oh, running back.
2: Gosh. Oh, oh, Algier. Yes, yeah. yes, it's got to be Algier here at the two twelve. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I, I will say just a slight hesitation, knowing that no other quarterbacks have gone yet. Yeah, I've got, I've got Josh Allen and Kyler Murray in hand. It's a one QB league. It feels like too much of a luxury to take Howell or Ritter here. Uh, I, I would want somebody that has the rushing upside. So even though I've, I, I like, you know. Uh, Matt Corral a a lot and actually have him, you know, over those players and super flex. Um, I would just lean towards the rushing production here, but that it's an unnecessary luxury. I'm going to take Algier while we're recording here and it's done. Oh, nice.
1: All right. So there actually was a question that I wanted to ask you, but I'm actually going to move that to our final episode of the week. But just so that listeners know what's coming. The question I'm going to ask you is... Mm. You were able to get a number of high leverage picks in this draft, in this rookie draft. And what I'm going to ask you about is how you did that, if that was by making a lot of moves where you were packaging together picks and incrementally moving up in value, or if you were able to get there uh, by doing those moves with veterans in some ways that people could kind of take upon... Uh, take that upon themselves and their own teams to try to move into, you know, multiple first round picks. So that's something I want to talk about later on in the week. And we will be back at that time. <laughs>